Welcome to this episode of Cook Revivals Presents. Let's go now into this powerful message. You don't got no troubles. All you need is faith in God. God bless you. This is Prophet Tracy Allen Cook telling you that God's a God of miracle. And thank you for joining our YouTube channel. We love and appreciate you. That's a message that's so intriguing, heavy on my heart. We're talking about the God of war. What is the God of war? Who is the God of war? And why are we talking about the subject, the God of war? Well, let me go to Exodus chapter 15, verses 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. Listen to that. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host has he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sink into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. And the greatness of thy excellence has thou overthrown them that rose up against thee. Let me repeat that in verbatim. And in the greatness of thy excellence, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sendest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blessing of thy nostril, the waters were gathered together. The floods stood upright as a heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword and my hand shall destroy them. Exodus 15, 1 through 9. Now, is God a God of war? What is he saying? The nation of Israel were in slavery and captivity. Hundreds of years under the taskmaster of Pharaoh. There in Exodus 1 and 2 and 3, Moses, his name means to fetch out of the now. He has a purpose to be a deliverer. We read in Exodus 15 where God is saying, I'm going to come against them that come against you. Now, listen, let me say, is God a God of war? 15 and 3. God is a God of war. Why? Because God brings vengeance to those that touch his children. Now, the nation of Israel were prophesying promise by covenant of Abraham. God may have uh, promised to Abraham, I will bring them out of Egypt. In other words, I'm going to make a nation out of them. He gave them a promise that the sea of the woman shall bruise the heel. But now, this is a time, uh, you know, that you have to understand what is God saying strategically. He's talking about the God of war. Yes, we know him as a God of peace. The Apostle Paul speaks as a God of peace. He's a God of love. He's a God of gentleness. We know that they are the fruits of the Spirit in, in the Galatians chapter 5. But also, too, we underestimate that God is a judge. He is a God of war. He'll fight against your enemies every single time. So let's look at several things that I believe is going to help you understand the God of war. Moses and the nation of Israel sang praises unto God because God made them a covenant right 
I'm going to bring you up out of Egypt slavery, out of Egypt bondage. But before I do that, I've got to be the God of war. I'm going to judge your greatest adversary. So we see another side of God. Through Christ, we see the compassion side of God. Through the Holy Spirit, we see the breath of God. But in the Old Testament, God is a killer. Now, don't misunderstand that statement. The Bible says that God killeth. Go back and read your book in the book of Samuel. This is a time that you need to understand. Yes, God's God is merciful. He is, uh, he, he'll grant favor. He'll grant compassion. But also, too, when he's ready to avenge and bring judgment, he will bring judgment. And judgment begins in and out of his house first. But let's look at this again so we can better understand. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown in the sea. The nation of Egypt, Pharaoh, the king of Pharaoh, and all the armies of Egypt were napping the heels of the Israelites. Moses was sent to be the prophet and the deliverer. God had promised them, even from the covenant of Abraham, we're going to make you a nation. God's going to raise up a, a seed of the woman. So now the enemy is looking, Satan is looking for to try to kill the seed of the woman, not knowing who actually is the seed of the woman. Now, at this particular time, we fast forward. Moses is on the same Moses as the deliverer. He goes back from uh, no longer fleeing in the wilderness, no longer running away from everything that's high and holy. He's no longer under the leadership of Pharaoh. Now he's under the leadership of Jethro. So now he's sent to be a deliverer. But before he is a deliverer, to bring the nation Israel out, God has to show a different side of him that I think many times we don't consider that he is a God of war. The same God that loves us is the same God that wants us. The same God that will say, you know what? Yes, I can bless you. Yes, I can promote you. But then that's another side of God saying, uh, just like he said, don't touch my prophets. Don't do my prophets no harm. We don't realize that's covenant uh, gifts that God has made from heaven to the earth. We are the mouthpiece of God speaking the language of heaven into the earth. That's why he said, don't touch my prophets and do them no harm. So let's go back and see another side of God. Now, is God a God of war after the 15.3? We often think in Romans 15.33 that he's just a God of peace. Yes, he is the God of peace that surpasses all understanding, but that's two sides of a coin. So let's look at the side that God is a, a God of fire in his eyes, a sword in his hands. Why? Because the nation Israel were being afflicted with cruel bondage. Taskmaster was whipping them day in and day out. And then God began to speak, I'm going to deliver the nation Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, but I need a deliverer. And I'm going to prove that I am the almighty God. So he begins to speak to us. Now, listen, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. The God of peace is with us all. But at the same time, too, we need to understand that we need to interpret this in light of the scripture. When God was ready to bring vengeance, he went all out against the nature of Egypt because Egypt uh, refused one plague after another plague after another plague. And then finally, the last plague of death Moses was sent with Aaron as his prophet to speak on behalf of God. God's a God of war, a man of war. Now listen, yes, 
He loves this nation and he loves you. He loves me. But then that's the other side, too, that we cross the line or we go too far or we opposed God. Listen, he can become fierce and angry as well because his voice is a voice of many waters is like thunder. So now we see an example of the judgment of God through the eyes of Moses to the nation of Egypt as he begins. Listen, the Bible says in uh, chapter 15 that he drowned the whole army of Egypt, including the king of Pharaoh. Right after the death uh, plague had come, Pharaoh's regret that he had let the nation of Israel go out. The Bible said that God brought them out with silver and gold. Not one feeble was among the tribe. So number one, is God a God of war? Absolutely. The guy in sight bore? Absolutely not. But what happens is when we oppose God as a nation, listen, when we rise up against the standards of God or we violate the laws of God, then there are consequences behind our action. Whatever man soweth, he reaps. Same thing with our nation. If our nation goes into such sins that is so disgusting and not of God, then we can be turned over like Sodom and Gomorrah. God spoke to Abraham, is there any righteousness in the land? I will spare them. But Abraham could not even find five righteousness in all Sodom and Gomorrah. So therefore, God sent fire and brimstone, destroy all of Sodom and Gomorrah, but spare his nephew Lot. Why? Because God was showing another side of him that many times we don't want to hear preach or taught that, yes, he can bless you, he can increase you, he can favor you, but also he can judge you as quickly as he blesses you. So we got to understand, have the fear of God. Now that's the reference of God. So number one, is God a God of war? Yes, he is. Number two, what do you do in that time of understanding who God is? You bring reference and respect. Moses told Pharaoh, let my people go. And he hardened his heart. Then God hardened his heart. Several different times, because God said, I'm going to prove myself to this monarch. I'm going to prove that I am, that I am, that no other kings, no other demigods is greater than God Jehovah. There's no demigod, no king, no monarch in the land today that has more authority, more power than God himself. And when God is ready to shake a nation, he's going to put his fist down upon the land and smack it because of disobedience, because we harden our hearts. That's why I say in 2 Chronicles 4, uh, 7 14, there's only one recipe for healing the land. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves. So we have to seek the face of God, turn from our wicked ways. Then he'll hear from heaven and forgive us all our sins. Now, after the 15, 3 gives us the, our outline of the other side of God. God was tired of the affliction coming to his people. He made them a promise. He said, I will deliver you, but I need a deliverer. So he rose up Moses. His name means be the fat child of a now, one that is designed. So Moses, he saw one of his own brother being smoked in Egypt. So he rose up and hid an uh, Egyptian soldier, murdered him, put him in the sand and fled like a fugitive on the backside of the desert. Because whatever you set on you become like. But now he's getting a burning bush experience. He has an encounter with God. God changes and transforms his heart and mind and soul. Now he's under administration of Jethro. And God said, go back to Egypt because I'm going to deliver the nation Israel. And I'm going to give you this covenant promise that you'll come out singing praises. You'll come out blessed over and above. 
I'm going to be a judge now. I'm going to be the God of war now. So we don't see that side up to that present time. We hear about the covenant keeping God, how he blessed Abraham out of his loins. But now we see another side of God where God say the fierce anger of God is getting ready to be displayed. And God speaks through his prophet and he tells Pharaoh time and time again to the last plague. Now he said, death is coming in all of Egypt. That's going to be a mourning and a cry that they have never felt before. The plague. Then Moses told Joshua and Caleb upon every door, put a symbolic symbol as a cross, dip the blood in a basin and make that figure of a cross because it's symbolic to the saving grace and the saving power of God. And when I see the blood, I will spare. So the blood is essential to your walk of faith. Receiving Christ as your personal savior, being covered by the blood of Jesus gives you the right daily. When you repent, turn from your ways, wicked ways, then God is merciful to give you another opportunity in life. So we want to learn this side of God, a God of war. Now, every plague came and God said, enough is enough. And Moses stood before Pharaoh one last time. Then all of a sudden there was a cry in Egypt. The deaf spirit, like a dark cloud in a mist, were hovering over the city of Egypt. And there was a wailing, a cry that was far greater than the wailing cry of the taskmaster whipping the nation of Israel. See, whatever we sow, we reap. So they were daily punishing the nation of Israel with whips in the hot scorning sun that build bricks for Ramesses. But listen what happened. As they were building a house for the king of Egypt, God was remembering their tears their pains and their suffering. And the Bible said that he brought them out with a song of victory. He brought them out by bringing a plague of death, showing that he is the almighty God. So now the nation Israel is out of Egypt. The Bible said they came out with silver and gold, not one feeble was among the tribe. Now they're marching to the promised land that God had promised them as a nation. As they begin to march, they find themselves at the Red Seas of no return. Now, behind them, they can hear another mass army. The dust trails are hitting the atmosphere. The sky is covered with a violent voice of vengeance on Pharaoh's behalf because his own son has been dead. All his servants firstborn are dead. So now anger and hostility has come against Moses' nation Israel, but God kept his promise. He showed Moses at the brink of the Red Sea. Moses wept before the Lord with that staff in his hands that he beat over scorpion serpents on the desert. Now that staff is in his hand. God told Moses, lift up that staff. They stood before an impossibility. The Red Sea crossing was impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This is where we see the God of war finalizing his promise to the nation Israel and to his prophet Moses. The Bible says that Moses lift up his hands and stand still in Esther 14 and see the salvation of God, see the deliverance of God. He said, this day shall you not see Pharaoh anymore, neither the nation of Egypt. I will judge your greatest adversary. I will be a God of war against your enemy. And when I roar, I'm going to scatter them from every direction. Moses lifted the staff, the Red Sea parted from the walls to the left and right. They began to march, millions of them march in absolute victory. As they were crossing the other side, Moses lifted the staff back up and the waters, they began to collide together and close as though it had never been opened before. Moses and the nation of Israel watched God be the God of war. They watched very intensely as they saw 
God drowned the king of Pharaoh, all of this army, because they were pursuing, trying to destroy the nation of Israel, trying to destroy God's prophet, most of all, trying to stop the promise of God. But we read here, he has become my salvation. He is my God. I will prepare him a habitation. My father God, I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He drowned them in the Red Sea. He became an angry God because they were touching the nation Israel, not only touching Israel, but you are God's chosen people. You are God's chosen people. Now, as a Gentile, I'm engrafted to the uh, fig nation of Israel through Jesus Christ, Yahshua HaMashiach. So as a Gentile believer, I have covenant right because I'm born again, blood-bought, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, a minister of the gospel, gives me the covenant right because I received the Lord and Savior in my life. Now, we're seeing, number one, is God a God of war? Absolutely. Number two, what do you do when you start seeing the God of war? You bring reference. You have the fear of God, not a fear of saying, oh, my God, is it going to destroy me? Only if you're disobedient, then you shall be cut off the land. But if you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Isaiah chapter one. So we got to understand that obedience is on our part every single day of our lives. So let's look down further in this course. Excuse me. This is so powerful. God destroyed them. And Pharaoh was not bad, the heels of the Israelites. I'm sure many of them were getting in unbelief and doubt and screaming, Moses, Moses, what are we going to do? And Moses turned around and said, God said, be still. Today, he's making a memorial covenant. This day, you'll not see Pharaoh any longer. I mean, that is just so powerful that when God promises you something, it'll come to pass. So we see in the life of Moses and the nation of Israel that God protected his people, people from being destroyed. And by the way, you have to understand in this translation and even in this transition, we understand that God is taking us from a glory to glory, from faith to faith. But now God will stand up and he will become a judge. Yes, we see the blue eyes of Jesus walking on the Sea of Galilee. But in the book of Revelation, that same Jesus is going to judge at the scarcity uh, righteousness scarcely make it worse of the ungodly and the sinner appear. So you need to realize that, yes. Now, when you read the book of Revelation, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible said he had his eyes is like flame. That means he's going to judge Jezebel who sits upon her throne and tried to overthrow God's people. That spirit of Jezebel has been hovering over the land trying to cripple you and paralyze you. God's going to be the God of war against that spirit of Jezebel that's been fighting you. Now, even though we, we know in the writings of the Romans chapter 15, 33, where the Apostle Paul speaks about God and God of peace, we don't need to uh, think that, all right, we can just constantly have a pseudo-religion, a pseudo-peace, you know. Uh, no, that, that's another side of God, too, that we got to seek out our own salvation with fear and trembling. We daily got to crucify this flesh. We daily got to understand, all right, yes, God loves me, but then the other side of God, I don't want to make him angry. I don't want to upset him. I want to be pleasing to him. I want to hear him, hear him say, welcome me in that good and faithful servant enter into the joys of the Lord. I want to consider the fact that Jesus, yes, he is the Messiah and the Prince of Peace. Even Isaiah 9, talks, uh, chapter 9, verse 6 talks about, but also too, he is uh, a vengeance against our enemies. So when we think about this, we need to say, you know what, Lord, 
Moses gave me the example where I see God. All right, all right. God can be ferocious against your enemies. And we don't want to be enemies of God. We want to be children of God. We want to be servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, number three, songs of victory comes when God is a man of war. Let me say that again. Number three, songs of victory comes when we see God. The songs of Zion, the songs of praise presents the nature of God in war as, okay, we're going into battle, but we're going to sing the praises unto God. Just like Joshua, when he walked around the uh, the walls of Jericho, they were silent. And then they started shouting, praising the Lord. Then the walls came crumbling down. Now, let me reiterate and say this again, Exodus 15, and let's look at one again, one through nine. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and speak, saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he had triumphant gloriously. The horse and his rider has he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He is my strength. In the middle of this battle, the God of war stands in my defense. I'm singing praise because God brought the nation of Israel out on eagles' wings, preserved them by a prophet, speaking purpose and destiny into their lives. And today, as you hear this teaching, yes, God is going to preserve your life by the mouth of his prophet as I speak to you. But you need to know that he's a God of war, ladies and gentlemen. And when nations rise up against God and they violate everything high and holy, listen, every time a nation, even Israel, that revolt and came against God. God put his hands and smote the grounds because God loves you. God is merciful. But then the God of war, he will not tolerate foolishness and nonsense. So that should bring a fear to us each and every day of our lives. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. He drowned Pharaoh's chariots and all of his mighty hosts into the sea. Pharaoh thought that he can continue putting the nation Israel into bondage, but they were God's people. They were God's chosen people. The nation of Israel were crying out every single day, a heartfelt pain. And then the last plague, Pharaoh and all of his army was crying out with the worst cry that can ever be heard upon the land. Their firstborns die in their arms. God spoke to Moses after this plague. You will surely let us go to the mountain and serve God with sacrifices and praises. And you will know from this moment forth, there's no other God like the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And ladies and gentlemen, there is no other God that's greater than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I don't care what the devil dish out, what the devil throws at you. Number Three, when you begin to get into a realm of singing praises, they were singing praises unto God because God drowned their greatest adversary, their greatest enemies in the Red Sea of no return, never again to fight that threat, never again to be on a taskmaster whip, never again to feel like they're not a nation, they're not a people. Now their pride has surfaced and now they're squaring their shoulders and they're in the mountain making sacrifices and worshiping God. And now God is speaking. He's a God of war, a man of war. Let me read that scripture again. The Lord is a man of war. Enter the 15, three. Number four, you understand the God of war by what? When he delivers you, when he brings you out, you give him praise. You give him glory because God will fight the battle for you. Position yourself like Jehoshaphat. 
when you begin to acquaint yourself in the Lord, in other words, whatever's trying to fight you, whatever trying to oppose you. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, any nation that rises up against God's standard and God's principle will come crumbling down, including if we as America turn our face against God, God will smite this land. If we turn our face against the almighty God, he will be the God of war. I know we've been prophesying about revival. I'm seeing revival too. We talk about the goodness of the Lord. Oh, God loves us. He loves us no matter what we do. Oh, God. He'll, no, he's a man of war. He's going to fight for holiness, righteousness, and truth. The truth you know sets you free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So let me conclude this message, the God of war, the man of war, by saying number four. When he brings you out, offer him a sacrifice, a praise, because he just drowned it, your greatest adversary. The Bible said in Isaiah 54 and 17, no weapon formed against you going to prosper. If you're willing and obedient, now that weapon can prosper if you're disobedient and you turn your face against God. So now this should be a lesson to each and every one, to myself, you included, all the hearers around the world and watch the God of war. It simply means anyone in the nation, any president, any king that fights against the almighty God, it's a losing battle. You'll never overcome the almighty God. That's why he tells us to humble ourselves. The meek shall inherit the earth. Moses in his eyes illustrates God's fierce angry against a nation, a monarch, and drowned each and every one of them in the Red Sea, brought Israel out, the Israelites and the prophet, the leader, with victory, brought them out with silver and gold, not one feeble among the tribe. Yes, the Apostle Paul speaks about God being peace, but never misunderestimate the God of war. Well, this is Prophet Tracy Allen Kidd. I hope you enjoyed this short segment on God is a God of war. Now let's pray, Father. I pray that you'll have mercy upon America, upon every nation, everyone that's hearing the sound of my voice that gets this message today. You taught us four keys, four points to how to recognize the God of war. Now, we know you're a God of love, you're a God of peace, but also you are a God with fierce anger. So we want to stay in humility, honor, and respect, and repentance in Jesus' mighty name. Well, God bless you. Thanks for joining our YouTube channel. If you're not subscribed, go ahead and subscribe to it and get our up-to-date messages. I know you're going to be encouraged. You're going to be blessed. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Cook Revivals Presents. If you would like to help support the ministry, please visit cookrevivals.org. Loyal partners, such as yourself, give life to this ministry. We just want to take some time to say how much we appreciate you. Your partnership makes this ministry possible, and we can't say thank you enough. God bless, until next time.